always stay connected with 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Talk to a dedicated Switch Squad or search Sky Broadband to get started. Roy Keane left Saipan and he arrived back in his home in Manchester on Saturday, May 25th, 2002. That weekend, Ireland was convulsed. What's after happening? Whose fault is it? And, most importantly, is there any chance Roy Keane can still go back to the World Cup and play? The story was white hot. When Keane emerged from his home to walk his Labrador Triggs, reporters followed him. Any regrets at all, Roy? Like everyone in Ireland, Mary Hannigan was following his movements closely. And that was our daily thing on the news, was Roy walking Triggs. Breaking news, Triggs is off for another walk. It was a defiance, I think, about that. Like, I have nothing to be ashamed of. This is In the News from the Irish Times. I'm Conor Pope. Today, Saipan, 20 years on, part three. What might have been. The final whistle sounds. Ireland are on their way to the Far East. We can win this tactic. It was Shay Given, young fellas like Duff and Robbie Keane. This World Cup should be about music and crack and national celebration. And then suddenly it's like, no, actually, that's not happening. Without Roy Keane, not yet. Not after arguably the most dramatic week in the history of Irish sport. No regrets. Not even about playing in the World Cup. More important things to worry about. After Keane left Saipan, Mick McCarthy held a press conference to explain his version of what happened. I can't, will not, tolerate... uh, the, the level of abuse that was thrown at me, so I have uh, sent him home. McCarthy was joined by senior players who gave him their backing. I've never witnessed that, anything like that in my life. Um, and, you know, there is a line, you can't cross it. And unfortunately, Roy has crossed it. This moment was the origin of the split in public opinion about who was right and who was wrong. The debate back home didn't take long to kick off. About 14 seconds, I'd say. Because, like, Roy would have been a pretty divisive character anyway. You know, like, people would have had, like, certain football fans would have had strong views one way or another. So I think the camp's kind of broke pretty much that way, you know, how people felt about him already. Meanwhile, RTE reporter Tommy Gorman was in Manchester, hoping to secure an interview with Keane. After he made that appearance with his dog and said very little and the cameras pursued him, I think the general belief was he had a deal done with um, the Mail on Sunday, and that's where he was going to give his side of the story. And what I had to trade then was I had the offer that Orchie would allow him to tell his side of the story to an Irish audience. Uh, He had been captain of the Irish team. He obviously had very strong views about what had happened. So that was the offer I could put on the table for him. The controversy was in in full flow. People were at the far end of the world over in Saipan giving their version of events. Everybody was very interested in it. On Monday, May 27th, three days after he left Saipan and five days before Ireland's first World Cup match, Roy Keane did the interview with Tommy. It was broadcast that same evening and watched by one million people. It was kind of like Ireland's Princess Diana, Martin Bashir moment, wasn't it? It was, I think, pretty much the same. It was such a soap opera, like, at that point. I mean, it really was. What I first want to do is to get you to put in context 
the reasons for your row? Was it bad blood between you and Mick McCarthy? Was it something deeper? Or was it because you were unhappy with the preparations of the Irish team for the World Cup and you always strive for perfection? Um, I think there's a lot of things. Obviously, there's a lot been said over the last few days. Um, I'm not really here to get anybody on my side. I think it's important that people know the truth. Um... The interview has gone down in Irish sporting history. Keane was sad, reflective and defiant. Tommy Gorman famously asked Roy to consider the children of Ireland, for whom his absence from the World Cup was a deep, deep disappointment. What about all the little kids in Ireland who have you as a role model, who love you, who would, who would love to see you back in the World Cup, and who are absolutely appalled that this row has taken place and don't know what to say? Exactly. Well, I, I, you know, do you think I've enjoyed the last few days? It's been hard. Of course it has. And Tommy memorably asked him, what about the children? <laughs> what about the children? What about the rest of us? Sometimes I, I laugh when people say the question about the kids. Uh, don't know about in your life, but no uh, facet of life is, or element of one's life is, is more important than your children. Keane was an assassin of sorts on, on the playing field. He went in to win. Uh, winning was everything. But there was an extremely tender side to him. You know, that's the side that comes across when... You know, he still remembers how, because he was small and because he was from Cork, as he would see it, that he didn't get on with the boys in Dublin when he was an underage player. So he has that very, very tender, vulnerable side that's always trying to prove that he's at least equal and a lot of the time to prove that he's better than most. As the interview aired, the country was watching for signs of an olive branch, a peace offering that could see Keane back in the squad. They didn't really get it. But how about the actual language itself? Do you accept that it wasn't it wasn't very complimentary to McCarthy and that he was justified in feeling hurt by it? Justified in questioning my loyalty to my country. Asking the lads in front of me, saying the Iran match, I faked an injury when he spoke to my manager in front of me. I'm not going to accept that now in front of my teammates and the staff. And I, I, wouldn't, I won't accept it. I will not accept it. But will you accept that if it was wrong on his side, in the language you used to him, that you were wrong, that you made a mistake maybe in going too hard. If I felt for one second, for one second, I was a little bit out of order, I'd apologise and I'd go back and I'd love to play in the World Cup. But, but I'm 100% right. I know I am. He still wanted to play in the World Cup, but he was adamant. He had no regrets about his actions. Instead, he complained that none of the senior players on the team had stood up for him. You know, people knew weren't happy with the conditions, senior players agreed with me, they could have had their say and they just sat there. And I walked out of that room and I walked out of my career, my international career. Not one person backed me up, not one. When you said, do you think they'd take you back? And he bristles. If you thought that they'd take you back, that the players wanted to take back, me back. I, yeah. What do you mean if they take well, me back? If they thought that they'd love to have you in the team, that Mick McCarthy was prepared to bury the hatchet with you, that he was prepared to apologise, to meet you halfway, that the players wanted you back, what would Roy Keane, the guy who pulls I on really a green jersey, do? I really don't know. Because no, I can't see it happening. It was a stupid kind of a question, uh, really. I should have recognised that he would bristle. I was keen to see if the circumstances existed for this to be sorted out because I was so struck by the tragic nature of it all. Do you think 
having been in the room with, with him, that there was any wiggle room, that he might go back? Absolutely. I think it, it was there. The nature of tragedy sometimes is you can see the car crash happening in slow motion. It would have required enlightened thinking by them all, really, Connor. And I do realise there's, there's kids in Ireland, there's people in Ireland, my family were supposed to travel and it's all got messy, but nobody wanted that, nobody. As you said, maybe there, there is a way, maybe there is. I felt there was a chink of light. I want to play for my country, you know? Um, there were those lines. And if you wanted to find them, you know, there were threads there that could have been developed. Who knows, who knows? And we'll have to wait and see, you know? The, the match is sad, we're running out of time. Uh, but as I said, my conscience is clear and that is the most important thing in my life. It really is. The Football Association of Ireland treasurer, John Delaney, responded to Keane's interview quickly. Maybe a little too quickly. 6-1 bulletin that evening, I think John Delaney was the guest at around 6.25 and he gave the impression that he had heard enough or he had, he had heard sufficient to make a judgement. Now, fair play to him that he was able to reach that conclusion because we were still editing the material while he had formed his judgement and uh, in some respects uh, that meant that no matter what Keane had said or what Keane had done or no matter what the uh, impact with the public was of the actual interview, that on behalf of the FEI, John Delaney had passed judgement. Delaney poured cold water on the notion that Roy could come back. He's obviously hurt, he said, but we're all hurt. The decision was taken by Mick and the players and I don't see any change in that at this stage. I think Mick McCarthy and the others probably glad that the door hadn't been pushed further open by Keane and that John Delaney had made a decision, an executive decision about it back in Dublin. By now, the Irish team had flown to Izumo, its base in Japan. The day after the interview, the FAI were still open to negotiating a return for Keane behind the scenes. Mick McCarthy was opposed to it. The players, led by Niall Quinn, were conflicted. They supported Mick McCarthy, but they wanted him to leave the door open to Keane if he called to apologise to McCarthy personally. But the call never came. On the night of May 28th, Roy Keane issued a statement. He wouldn't apologise and he wasn't going back. It was tragic in that respect that all the bad things that could happen did happen and more. The rupture between Keane and McCarthy was complete and irreversible. But the debate about who was right and who was wrong raged on in Ireland, in pubs, schoolyards and in sitting rooms up and down the country. It immediately assumed all of these sort of symbolic dimensions. Roy Keane symbolised a generation of no longer forelock-tugging Irish people who weren't prepared to accept, ah, well, it's all banjacks anyway and we'll all just get along with it. No, they demanded better. The new Ireland, as, as against the old failed Ireland, you know, the, all of the mediocrity and frustration of, of the Ireland that we were trying to break away from, you know, it became about things like principles. It's like, well, you know, you're the captain of the team. You're supposed to sort of serve the team. You can't walk away. Like, you can't, you can't have a tantrum and, and scream at the manager and blow everything up because of some details that have gone wrong. How you feel about that, I think, depends very much on your view on much more important questions, like what, how should a group work? To what extent should the individual submit their will and desires to the overall 
desires of the group. You know what I mean? Like, to, to what extent should the collective take precedence and to what extent should the individual? Do? You know, that's a very deep question, far bigger than anything to do with football. But, like, Keane had obviously kind of completely overturned that. Like, what he had done was was kind of gone on a, on a solo run. And then you've got, like, the other the other alternative is, is like, well, you know, it's a disgrace the way he was treated. This man is a hero. This man got us to the World Cup. This man sweated and bled for us. You know, he dragged us there by the scrub of our neck. And this is how we were paying by not having any footballs, by not having a training kit, by playing golf, by drinking at a barbecue. You know, this man deserved better than the mediocrity that he's been confronted with. And if you were confronted with such mediocrity, who could have, who possibly could have accepted this? Who could, and he was right to work out, you know, and that's remarkably, now that I say it, that's more or less, that was more or less my view at the time. <laughs> I was going to ask you that, Ken, because I, I don't know if professional uh, obligations preclude you from saying this, but as you very excellently defined the two camps, the Keen camp and the McCarthyites, where would you have been? Which camp would you have been in? Oh, ultra keen. Well, I was certainly professionally obligated and failed miserably to be professional about the whole thing. In fact, for this, I was going to try and dig out my Michael Collins and Roy Keane t-shirt, remember, to Cork Hero shot in the back. But I thought maybe that that would be unprofessional as well. So, yeah. I was completely on his side and I felt the failure was a failure to manage a situation that was very manageable. I still do feel that was that was stupid by McCarthy. I mean, it wasn't the, it wasn't the way to handle the situation. But overall, my view has done a I wouldn't say a one eighty, but it is a lot more kind of really like wait when you look back, the issues were sort of trivial, and the blow up the the the, the way that it all fell apart was just so so self destructive for particularly for Keane but you know for everyone but Keane was the one who ended up paying the biggest price we all did but he was the one who missed who actually missed the World Cup altogether that now I'm just like I can't, I can't believe he did it. like it's just such an it's such a crazy nonsense story when you look back at it but no at the time to answer your question I was 100% behind Roy I would have died for the man at the time and I couldn't believe that what Mick was doing and so on and so forth so I've, I've changed my view but that was my view at the time Somebody like Roy Keane comes along and says, this isn't good enough. We've got to do better. We've got to aspire to more. I, I, I thought to some extent it was unreasonable. I mean, Manchester United's turnover was so much more than the FAIs. And, you know, I, I mean, the money for, for, for sending these guys by private jets was going to come out of the money that was given to some schoolboy club. I, I, that was to some extent the way I, I kind of looked at it, you know. So I kind of caught in the middle of that. But I understand that. I do understand the fact that he, people looked up to him. And I also think Roy Keane, there was an emotional issue there like he was not the most the calmest or most reflect well he was a very intelligent guy but he's very emotional and and had issues clearly had issues himself you know in terms of the way he dealt with things you know so but that also inspired people people were people were just really kind of loved him for that a lot of people really loved him for that kind of guttural kind of reaction to things uh, the instinctive the the, you know the the determination the will to win at all costs you know this sort of stuff so so look it, it struck a lot of with a lot of people. Ireland played Cameroon in their opening match of the tournament, which finished a one-all draw. For RTE's television coverage of the match, Eamon Dunphy was a pundit. Can we do then? Is there something we can do for the second There isn't half? anything more we, we can do. We can, all you can do is, you know, if you... You have to 
remember, it's, it's really hard to get away from this, but the one person who can do something for Ireland is sitting in Cork. He signalled his support for Keane in a way that got him a lot of stick. I had a tie in my wardrobe that happened to be the Cameroon colours and I was really mad. I thought we could go a long way in the tournament and the history bears that out. And We could have got to the semi-final or even further if Roy Keane had been there. But I decided to wear the Cameroon tie in protest. <laughs> it was F.U. to everybody uh, particularly those who were down on King. It was an act of solidarity, should we say. And it didn't go down very well with anybody, including my family. <laughs> Ireland went on to qualify for the knockout stages, thanks largely to a late equaliser against Germany. Then we failed to make it to the quarterfinals, getting knocked out by Spain on penalties. We haven't been back to the World Cup since. Do you think that was our one big chance to make it to a World Cup final? And do you think we screwed it by not having Roy Keane in the squad? Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, not really. It was a chance to make it to the World Cup final because it was a ch- we were actually in the World Cup with quite a good team, which, which almost never happens. If you put Roy Keane into the exact situation we were in, do we beat Spain? I think we, we certainly have a good chance of it. Would we then have got past South Korea? Almost certainly not. I was at the Spain-South Korea game when South Korea knocked out Spain. And it's one of those amazing refereeing displays that lives with you where they just, I think Spain had two goals disallowed. One of them, they sort of, did they say that he dribbled it out of play before bringing it back? I can't remember the exact reason, but I, I do remember sitting there thinking, wow, <laughs> Spain, Spain are not going through here, are they? It looks as though that isn't going to be allowed to happen. It was like when Greece won the European Championships. You know, something wacky can happen occasionally. Denmark won the European Championships years before. So maybe you're right. Maybe it was the missed opportunity. Come to think of it, you are right. Damn it. We could have won that World Cup. Jeez. We we could have won the World Cup. We probably, Connor, we probably would have won the World Cup. <laughs> That's what I want to hear, you Ken. Know, we, we, probably, we probably would have won it, uh, but I guess we'll never know. It's one of those, Jesus, what might have been, you know? It's the Battle of Kinsale. If there hadn't been the informers, it's, you know, the Armada arriving. It's a pity that wind came and blew them off course. If only. It, it ran very deep, Connor. It's it, sport means a lot to those of us who love it. Many of us live for it in in many ways. Now this was our great moment. We were going to a World Cup with a, a chance, and it was very very exciting. Keane was aware of that, and he was on the, the side of those who believe we can win this damn thing. That's it for today. Thanks to all the people who appeared on our series. Ken Early, Mary Hannigan, Eamon Dunphy, Emmett Malone and Tommy Gorman. Never suffer the buffer again. Always stay connected with 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Whether you're streaming on the sofa. Gaming in the bedroom. Or swiping in the bathroom. Hey! Get out of here! I said swiping. You'll never be without it.
Switch your home to 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Availability subject to location requires Sky Broadband Ultrafast. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds. 99.9% reliability based on time our broadband network works across our base.